0: Praise be to God. So we will read from Genesis chapter 26. I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went, up, went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. It is important for us to be able to hear from the Lord and be directed by God. It's important. There's this famine that Isaac faced, just like how Abraham faced. But God's direction comes in a very unique way. Each situation is different. Each leading of the Holy Spirit is very different. It's not the same. The situation may appear like, oh, it's a famine, but it's a famine at a different time. And the counsel that comes from God for each situation is unique and different. So it's important when pastor gives you a counsel from the Lord, it's important to take the counsel for yourself. And not to compare your counsel with someone else and say, oh, did the pastor give the counsel for that person and uh, how was the counsel for that? Because this is the counsel Pastor gave me. And what was the counsel for you? It won't work. The counsel that comes from God for you is a counsel for you. And that's what you should do. If God has given you a specific counsel for you, it is for you. Understand this. You can't say, well, I'm sick. She's sick. We all have sick. One has heart condition and the other one has heartburn. Both of them say that I have chest pain, I have chest pain. Can you take the same medication? No. You may say like, oh, my situation looks similar. It's not. By the way, you're not the same as the next person. God knows you through and through, and God knows the next person through and through. According to your need, according to your situation, your medicine will be dispensed by God Almighty. So it is important for you not to compare yourself with the next person and say, well, if that worked for that person, that will work for me too. No, it will not, if it's not from God. If it's from God, then it will work for you. But if it's not from God, it's not going to work for you. And many times it will work counter. It will work counter. If you don't have high blood pressure, or if you don't have... You know, difficulty processing salt, sodium. And you say, well, my dad has high blood pressure. So our whole family is on a totally salt-free diet. Your electrolytes will be out of balance. You're going to go because... People need a certain amount of sodium. Your sodium is going to go really down. For a person with high blood pressure, it's good to have a low sodium diet. Or sometimes for a period of time, they may even have to go on a no sodium for a brief time until it comes to proper balance, if it's really high. But for a person who has a normal sodium level, or even a low sodium level, putting them on a low sodium or no sodium will become disastrous. It can cause all kinds of health problems. God is speaking to our hearts today. He knows you more than you know yourself. What you need, he will give to you at the time you need. And when he gives to you, it is your job to follow it. When you compare yourself to the next person and you think that, well, They eat bread, I eat bread, and they drink this, I drink this, and I want to be this person when you're not. You're totally made up of something else. Your body type is different, and your blood type is different, and whatever is inside of you is different. The whole way you've been living is different from how the other person's been living. When you try to Put yourself in somebody else's shoes. That does not fit for you. And that doesn't fit you. You have to understand you can trip, fall, break your teeth, your nose, your jaw, your forehead. Or even your skull. Depending on where you fall and how hard the fall is. So it's important, the Spirit of the Lord says this this night, it's important to know that you should wear your shoe size. You should take your own medicine. Don't try to get somebody else's medicine and say, well, I'll try that. I have a headache. I think maybe my blood pressure is high. And so I can take your blood pressure medicine. I have some chest pain. Maybe I have a block. And so I'm going to use your heart medicine. It'll be a disaster. If you say, well, you're a size 12, choose. I'm a size 8, but I can manage. You know why? Because... You're not the only one who have big feet. I have big feet. I think I have big feet. Try wearing a size 12 and walk and see what will happen. You need to know that you are different. You need to know that you have your own size. You need to know that you have your own deficiencies. You need to know that you're not the next person. You're not. That's the truth. When people try to compare themselves with the next person, you need to know they have a spirit called discontentment. It's called a discontentment spirit where that spirit of discontentment will come and say, well, look at you. Look at what car you have. Look at what car they have. And look at you. Look at your dress. And look at what they're wearing. And look at you. Look at your teeth. And look at their teeth. And look at your eyes. And look at their eyelashes. Look at your hair. And look at your hair. And look at your fingers. And all the time, myself, them, myself, them. You know what will happen? Your whole vision becomes diluted, crooked, twisted. Every time you see yourself, you're going to see something different because you're not seeing right. Your perception itself is off. When you compare yourself, yeah, there are people who compare their spouse with somebody else, compare their kids with somebody else, compare, you know, their food with you know somebody else, compare everything with everything other than what they have. There's no contentment. Even if you give them the moon, they'll look at Mars and say, Well, Mars is different. Those people are people who will never be happy with anything they have. Even God gives those are like the children of Israel with angels food, they will still complain. They say, oh, Egypt has that. What is he doing? Comparing. Don't you compare. What Abraham went through was famine. What Isaac went through famine. But you know what? Both are two different timelines. And God is leading both in different ways. You have to understand this. The spirit of God is speaking at this hour. Don't you give yourself over to the spirit of discontentment because it'll make your perception twisted. It'll make your outlook Twist it. It'll make your thinking twisted. It. It'll make you twisted. What will be the end result? The end result is your peace will be gone. Your joy will be gone. Whatever God has given to you, you will not be able to enjoy. There'll be a veil, there'll be a wall in front of your eyes where you will be distant to every blessing that God has for you. There's a prophecy. God is speaking at this hour. Be careful. When Jesus said, guard your heart with all diligence, out of it flows the issues of life. It's not a simple statement, Jesus said. It's a very important statement. Out of this heart flows the issues of life. If you want to seal that and close that and close those issues of life from flowing and cause that water to become still, stagnant and of no good, you can begin comparing yourself with other people. You can begin comparing yourself to other things. God is speaking to hearts today. Look at your own path. And seek God. For his direction. That God has for you. In order for you. To overcome that. Through his counsel. Through his leading. So God over here. He's appearing to. Isaac. And he's giving this counsel to Isaac. He says. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't. Dwell in the land which I will tell Adi. Two important instructions God is giving. One is, because you have a famine here, don't go to Egypt. What God did or led Abraham before. Don't do this number 1 why lord why did you lead abraham my dad that way and why are you leading with this way and you know what there's a famine here common sense goes you know common sense tells go there but i'm doing something that's good for my family i'm doing something that's good for me i'm doing something that's good for all these people who depend on me all my workers here and all the animals here why lord why should i wait what if they die a person who is full of unbelief will question every single word that god gives all the time They'll question why lord and they'll always look at somebody else oh they have this i don't know that you know there there are some kids when you put food in their plate they will look at somebody else's plate and see what did they have do they have something more than me is their chicken piece bigger than mine and and um, do they have anything extra in their plates? This happens. Not in our house. I've seen that happen. With many other children. Discontentment. What do you have? Parents give something. You gave her two, you gave me one. Meanwhile, they'll have two. They wouldn't even see that they had two. It was just stuck underneath. They're so eager to see what the next person has. They're not even able to see what they have. Distortion. You call it distorted view. Distorted thinking that comes from Lucifer. Who was discontent with the greatest position that God gave him. He was eyeing on the throne of God. Every time you compare yourself to the next person. Understand this. You have partnership with satan every time you compare yourself with somebody and say why can't they why can't i do and why can't they do and why should not i do or why should i do and why can't i have this or why should i have this you're giving room for the devil at that point you open the big door to lucifer and say hello you were discontent i'm discontent And so, let's work together. He will come and steal, kill, and destroy everything from your life. So it's important to stay in your course. It's important to run in your trap. It is important to be who God has created you to be and have what God wants you to have. You know why adultery happens? Why immorality happens? When a person is not content with a spouse that God has given to them. Even though at that point, when they married the person, they chose that man or woman above everyone who was around them. So this is the choice. They're they saying, I choose you over everything that's out there. That's what they say. That's the declaration. And, and they say, this is the person I want to live with for the rest of my life. Then what happens after that? After that person comes in, they're not able to see what they have, the choice that they made. All of a sudden, they start looking elsewhere. And this distortion comes to them and everything out there looks better than what they have and they don't value what they have anymore. They are called fools. Fools, utter fools. When they don't value what God has given to them or when they don't value what they have chosen, at that point, they say, I choose you. All of a sudden, what happened? What happened? What happened to you? Because they gave room to the discontentment. The discontentment came inside. And all of a sudden, the eyes begin to wonder because they're not able to see what they have in front of them. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. Same goes for anything. When people, they have a job and they say, I wish I had that job. Oh, you have the job. I wish, you know, you're a cop. I, I can be a cop too. Oh, you, you fly in the helicopter. I can go in the helicopter too. And meanwhile, God would have given them the best thing. Oh, you know what? I can, I can, you know, climb to the top too. Oh, you're a Toys R Us owner. I can be that too. Well, you know, you're the safety inspector. I can be that too. That discontentment is a monster. Is a monster. Don't let that come near you. Don't let that come near you. Where God has you, you need to be faithful. And if God sees you fit for anything more, he will lead you to that. He leads me to green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads us. You don't lead him. You don't say, oh, God, well, I don't think you know how to choose. And I don't think you know what is good for me. I feel this is good. And you're a big hindrance to me, by the way, Lord. There are many people like that. Why can't I go and do this? Well, if I'm just stuck here, how will I find someone else? You know, that's a question some people ask. If I don't go outside and explore and experiment, how will I know who's the right person for me? They talk as if it's like going and going to Walmart or Macy's, getting some clothing and say, let me try and see if it fits. And if it doesn't fit, return. Marriage is not like that. We need to be people of character. Do you have faith in God? Did God bring Eve to Adam? Or Adam was roaming around saying that, Hey, that's the lioness over there. And that's the uh, goat over here. And uh, that's this over there. And uh, let me see what will be a right mate for me and, and one morning he stood next to a lion and took a picture of himself but do I look nice with a lion and then he went next to a camel and said, do I look nice with a camel mm, not a camel and let me go there will this work out for me no God saw Adam's need and God brought Eve to Adam the spirit of discontentment is a very devious dangerous spirit that will try to make itself wiser than God well and the serpent comes to Eve like that, wiser than God. Oh, you know what? You follow this God. You're not going to be like God because this God doesn't want you to be like him. What a lie. And Eve went for that. You know why? She gave room to that discontentment spirit. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. God made Adam and even in his own image. In his own image. He didn't create them like another animal. He made human beings in his own image. After receiving so much, how can you give room for the spirit of discontentment? Yet many believers do that even to this day. After receiving everything from God. Well, God doesn't want me to do this. Why? Because God thinks, you know, if I get this, you know, I'm going to be really well. And he doesn't want me to give this. And Who are you talking for? For Lucifer? Who's sitting on your mouth and in your lips and on your head? Lucifer? What is coming out of your mouth? Lucifer? We have to be very careful. Anytime you speak the words of Satan, know that. Serpent tongue comes through you, through your tongue. The hiss of serpent comes through that. You call that divided tongue. The book of James, the spirit of the Lord, records this. On one hand, we say, oh, praise the Lord. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And next moment, we say something venomous, false against God. Unbelief. God hates double tongue because it's serpent's tongue. God is speaking to our hearts today. You have your path. Make sure you stay there. If you leave your seat, you know what will happen? That seat will be taken by somebody. There's a prophecy that God is giving at this hour. When people say, well, you know, there, there are people who think they stand in the line at ShopRite or any grocery store. And they say that, well, I'm the fourth person here. They say, I think that register is open. Let me go see. They leave this and they go over there. You know what happens? By the time they come there, they see that when they go there, the light is on, but it says close. We're not taking anyone here. And they come back. By the time they come back, they have 10 more. What was gone? Their spot was gone. Their spot was taken. Because they said, let me go and see. God is speaking to our hearts today. The Bible says, A person who wanders from his place is like a bird that wanders from her nest. God is speaking to Harsaday. Discontentment is a demon in itself. So don't boast about your discontentment. And don't think that, oh, when I cry and then I call a party with this discontentment, guess who will all come? All demons will come to pity party with you to take you into depression. I'm speaking this through the Spirit of God. You let discontentment come into you, it will drive you into depression, deep depression. And it's no joke. God is speaking to our hearts today. Let your mouth be filled with praises to our King. Be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Be content where you are. Be content with what God has given. Be content with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, you see, Isaac is being led by God. God appears to Isaac and God says this. Go not down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee. Two things he said. I said two things. One is, don't go to Egypt. And then, The second instruction was, he said, I will tell you where you need to go. God did the same thing with Abraham. And Abraham was someone who waited on God until he heard from God. Very different from Lot. Lot said, I will go. I will choose. God, you'll be with me. Well, the angel said, you want to go there? Go there. You call that permissible will of God. Where God wanted... Lot to go to the mountaintop but Lot chose the plain and he was allowed to stay in the plain. You call that the allowed permissible will of God. God is speaking to a harsh day. When the spirit of God moves us to doing something it's important for us to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. When... You don't go with the Holy Spirit, flow the Holy Spirit, and you say, this is what I want. There are times when God will say, okay, you can have it, take it, stay with it, because you don't want to go forward. God is speaking to a heart. There's a point where God... Will yank us out of where we are like he did with Lot, his wife and his, and their daughters. The angel of the Lord caught their hands and they brought them out. But they were given a very clear instruction. Do not look back. If you look back, it's over for you. You don't see the angel of God running with Lot's wife and while she was trying to look back, he just put his hand and just turned her this way and said, Don't look back. Go over there. We're running. No. No, 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 no. She looked back and she became a pillar of salt. End of story. There are specific directions God will give. It's important for us to see and not think that, oh, last time I was yanked out of this. This time I'll be yanked out of this. So every time I think that I want to look back or I want to do this, when Satan says, I will turn around and I'll do that and I'll be fine. No, you will not. Be very careful. Don't toy with sin. Don't toy with satan do not god is speaking to our hearts at this hour our god is a refuge and strength a very present help in times of trouble to whom to all those who put their trust in you when you don't value that which god has given to you that's when you give room for the discontentment When you are not content with the manna that God has given you, that's when you talk about Egypt. What? The food that you ate when you were slaves suddenly became better than manna. Utter foolishness. You can just see how they became so foolish because they gave room to Satan. Satan is an utter fool. He is because he left what God gave and he went against God. and God pushed him down. He's someone who plays God and tells people that there is no God and all fools believe that. And the Bible says that a fool says in its heart that there is no God. So those who believe in the lies of the enemy, they lose the God-given ability to discern. They lose the God-given wisdom that God has given. They lose it all and they become fools. Becoming, having become fools, they think that they have become wise. That's what you call delusion. Delusion will make right make right look like it's wrong and wrong look like it's right. And make a person look like they are wise. That's what you call delusion. Have you seen people who have psychiatric problems? Everybody will know that this person has a problem. When you say, let's go to the doctor, they'll say, no. You take medicine? No. And they look at everybody and say, you all have a problem. I don't have a problem. I'm doing well. They wash their hands 40, 50 times. You know what they'll say? You have a problem. You guys are not clean. I am clean. I'm washing 50, 60. The skin is peeling. Who has a problem? The person who's washing, not those who are saying, you're damaging yourself. No. But meanwhile, what do they say? I. I'm doing well. I'm doing better than you. You don't know how to wash your hands. They'll try to even make them do what they're doing. You call it the delusion where they think that they are wise, but they're not. It's a very dangerous place to be in. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. We need to know. We need to have the real wisdom of God so we really know truth from error. Right from wrong. True from false. We need to know that. We need to know that. We can't be thinking that, oh, this is true. When it's a lie, we're fools at that point. God leads his people in the way that they should go. When they yield themselves to the lordship of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, you lead me and I'll follow. And to such people, God will give his wisdom and he will lead because he is The Lord of their lives. So in this month of April. Commit yourself to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. What? What will he bring it to pass? What he has spoken. What he has spoken. He shall bring it to pass. When? When you commit your ways to God. And trust in what? In what he has spoken. I want to say it again. When you commit your ways to God. And trust in what he has spoken. That means you say, Lord, you lead me, I'll follow. And you said you're taking me to Canaan. And I believe that I'm going to Canaan. That's it. That's it. Joshua and Caleb entered into Canaan. Because they committed their ways to the Lord. And they trusted him. And God brought what he told them to pass in their lives. God is looking for people with strong faith, simple faith, and people who will have the humility to accept what God says, big things that God speaks, that they will humble themselves and say, I don't know anything. If he says he's going to give me the moon tomorrow, I believe that he will because he's the creator of moon, period, end of story. But if you try to play smarter than God and you'll say, that's not possible, how can that happen? Oh, they become fools at that point. You know why? Because they took the creator as a picture and made his words very small in their sight. Because of that, they missed that which God has for them. That's what the spirit of unbelief will do. Now here, God is speaking to Isaac. And he says, Don't go to Egypt. I will tell you where you need to go. And then the Lord says, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham, thy father. Just because God gave Abraham his promises mean Isaac will automatically inherit. No. Isaac had to do his part in order to inherit that which God gave to Abraham. Just because God gave the promises and the prophecies to our church doesn't mean automatically, by default, it'll happen to you. And so if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, then something is wrong with the prophecy. No, you need to do your part. If God has given his word in this house of God, those who do his part will definitely inherit it. God gave his word to Abraham and for his generation, but every person in that generation had to do their part in order to become an inheritor of the promise of God that God gave to Abraham and through Abraham to Isaac. And when Isaac kept his part, the very same God who came to Abraham fulfilled that which God told to Abraham and now to Isaac. So what God gives to our church and through the pastors that God gives to His people. You are there. Receiving it like how Isaac received it. You need to do your part like how Isaac did. You need to be a good listener. And a good follower. What God says. Simply believe and do it. Very simple. Just do it. Believe and do it. And then what God said. Will come to pass. Now. Verse 5 is very important. Verse 4 is the promise, the prophecy that God gave to Abraham. And it's given the same thing to Isaac because the original promise was given to Abraham. And through Abraham, through his body came Isaac. And he said, through Isaac. But Isaac came from Abraham's body. So the original promise came from Abraham to Isaac. And Isaac is inheriting the original promise that God gave to Abraham. And Isaac becomes an inheritor where all these countries I will give to you. And now God is telling and. In thy seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So there is a transfer that is happening here. Now, verse 5 is very important. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Uh, What's the key here? What did Abraham do? You do that too. And as you do it, you will also inherit. What is that? He obeyed God's voice. And just didn't say, well, when he says I will do it, no. How did he obey God's voice? He kept all my charge. Whatever God said, he kept it. He didn't say, why? You know, there are some kids when you tell them, "But but why? But why? But why? But why? But why? You know, you can't answer all their whys because they cannot understand certain things. You can't. So certain times you'll say, just do it. You can't understand everything that God says and everything that God is doing because you're not God. But he will tell you enough for you to know. But Every time you go beyond what he wants you to know and you say, I want to know, you're expressing unbelief at that point. I want to repeat this. When God gives you what you need to know and you say, I want to know beyond that, beyond what God wants you to know, only then I will do it. At that point, you're expressing unbelief. Jesus Christ came and stood before Thomas. You know what Thomas said? Well, I see you, but I still can't believe you. I need to put my fingers in those nail prints. I need to put my hand in that side. Only then I will believe. Even when Jesus was in front of him. Even though Jesus had told him about his death and his resurrection. Now he's as a risen Lord standing there and all the disciples, we've seen him, we've seen him. Nothing gets into Thomas until he saw and Jesus said this, oh Thomas, because you put your finger into the nail prints, because you put your hand my side, because of that you believe, blessed are those who don't see and yet believe. His word is enough. His word is enough. When you try to comprehend that which God has already spoken, and try to base your faith on what you're trying to comprehend. At that point, you're giving yourself over to unbelief. Understand this. But when you become like a little child, when you're told and you say, I believe, and that's it, I don't need a whole lot of explanation for this. I'm just going to do. At that point, you're walking by faith. And not by sight. Because you know he gave his word. And you know that he's faithful. You know that he's capable of doing it. And you know that he wants to do it. You know that he will do it. You know that he cares. You know that he's for you. And not against you. You know that. When you do what he tells you to do. You know that his favor will go before you. Based on that knowledge. We move forward. We don't need to see everything up front. Because Abraham fulfilled everything that God told him to because God was important because his word was important because that was of utmost value not Abraham's feelings and my wife's feelings and my servant's feelings and my sheep's feeling and my goat's feeling and what the camels will feel and oh there are some people who live their lives on trying to appease their animals and trying to appease their you know when I say animals they will not want to come to church or they will not want to come to certain certain meetings because they'll say well I can't leave my dog so they miss heaven because of the dogs. I can't leave this. So Satan has conveniently tied them where if you leave and leave the dog and go to the church, the dog makes such a big mess and you don't want to leave the dog because you don't want to come deal with the mess. So you want to leave heaven for a dog? How short-sighted can we be? May God help us. Well, I can't do this because, you know, I have this. I can't do this. God will not call you. Do something that he knows you can't do. If He's calling you to do it. That means he knows very well you can do it. And he wants to see how you prioritize your life. Here, you see, God leads Abraham a certain way. And God is leading Isaac a certain way. But one thing is common, which is obedience to everything that God calls a person to do. And Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked him of his wife. Now we can just skip this whole part, and we can just go to verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an abundant and hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Isaac sowed in that land and received the same year an hundredfold, and the Lord Blessed him. What is happening to Isaac? He did what God told him to do. Because he was in the will of God. Because he stayed where God told him to stay. Because he was doing what God called him to do. There's this supernatural blessing of God that comes upon Isaac. Where he toils like everyone. But the increase is not like everyone's increase. I have given a message on this through the Spirit of God, it's good for you to go and listen to this topic. What God is speaking today is different from that, but it's good to go and listen to that. Isaac, because of his obedience to God, because of doing that which God told him to, even in the midst of famine, he listened to God. God is doing something in his life. He said, didn't I tell you, When you obey me that I'll multiply you. Didn't I tell you? You see the promise here. We see in verse 4. I'll multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And I will give all these countries to you. And in your seed the nations of the earth shall be blessed. God is just giving this exponential multiplication promise upon Isaac that came from Abraham. And as Abraham obeyed, Isaac obeyed as a result of that. God is doing something. What is it? He's keeping his word. You know, when you think about God. Why would God give Abraham such a blessing? Abraham was a rich person. He could have just said, I will give you a child. And, you know, I'm God. You can have a son. No. There's this God's eternal plan of God that's linked with Abraham and linked with Isaac and linked with his generation for the coming of the Messiah. So there is this eternal connection that is there with Abraham and his generation. And where God is blessing Abraham, who left everything and followed God. And because he left everything and followed God, there's this exponential blessing. You cannot compare what Abraham left to what God gave. You cannot compare. It's totally different. The multiplication that God gave to Abraham cannot be compared with what Abraham had or his dad had or anyone who was with him had. can't. Why? Because the multiplication is times 100. Multiplication is times 100. Isaac had to work just like the rest of the people. His men had to work just like the rest of the people, but the output is different. The outcome of his labor is different. Why? Because it was connected to the promise of God that God gave to Abraham and to Isaac. His outcome of his labor is directly tied to, tied with, the promise of God there's a link, there's a knot, there's this tie that God ties the blessings of Abraham and Isaac to the promises of God. His promises, they carry all these blessings and what was in God's calculations for Isaac? Times hundred. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. The blessing that God gives, it makes the person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, when God gives a blessing, he gives an added blessing to God's people. It comes with the supernatural touch of God. You call that divine multiplication according to God's exponential calculation, according to God's heaven's multiplication Heaven's multiplication according to heaven's riches, heaven's storehouse, which God owns. God is speaking to us today. The promise that God gives is connected with or linked together with our obedience. When you obey God, what God has promised will come to pass. In Isaac's case, his promise was divine multiplication exceedingly great. God will make Abraham's generation for all that they gave up for obeying God in all things you know why because in order to get to that you need to come through this I want to say this one more time if you want to reach your destination you have this map and you have this road map that you see that you need to take this road and you have to take this highway and you have to reach there, in order to reach that you have to go through this path you can say well I don't like this highway, I don't like the name of this highway, well I don't agree with this uh, president and this bridge has this name and then I'm not going to use that bridge and, and that's the only bridge to go there And the bridge has been kept for you so you can go there, you can have access to the other side of the town If you say I'm not going there, guess what? The bridge is not going to cry. The town is not going to cry because you didn't come. Oh, what a loss. No. You will have to cry because you missed out on all the blessings that are there on the other side. Because you just said, I refuse to go on that bridge. And there are some people out of pride, they won't go on that bridge. And then there are other people who say, I don't want to go on the bridge. And what if that bridge crashes? And you know, how come the bridge is just supported by some beams over there? And I don't believe that I can safely. I know some cars are going. What if when my car goes there, the bridge crashes? So I'm not going. And what do they do for the rest of their lives? They'll sit on this side, have no clue on what's on the other side. All the blessings that are there. They'll miss it. But those who really follow the map and take that road and up where the treasure is they go and get all that they need and the reason why God has given us a specific path a narrow path is because that path is a significant path because that path is a path of blessing because that path is a good path for us so that path will give us gain it'll give you gain It'll cause you to profit. It'll cause you to benefit. It'll cause you to be blessed. It's not the other way around. We're not doing God a favor. God is doing us a favor by putting us in the narrow path where he says, in this path, you'll be multiplied exponentially. In this path, you'll bless, you'll be blessed exceedingly. You. you know, with Abraham leaving his place and following God, making the covenant with God and obeying God in all things, you see, Jesus Christ, when he talks about the story of the rich man and Lazarus. You see, Abraham is sitting there and Lazarus was carried to the bosom of Abraham. Think about the honor and the position God gave to Abraham. Eternal. Eternal. The Bible says to all those overcome, God will give them power to rule all the things that we don't know. Hidden things, glorious things, surprises that God has behind this curtain called heaven. That when we go there, He'll just open that and he'll show us all the surprises and our joy cannot contain. Many people miss out on everything because they say, "Oh, I want my toy car." Well, I want my Matchbox car. Well, I just want my Barbie doll, and it's like saying that I'll have my Barbie doll. And I'll have my matchbox car. And I'll just sit in this place. While it is fun. 40 years old, sitting with a Barbie doll. 40 years old, sitting with a matchbox car. Whee! And they think it's fun. We're having fun. We're having fun. What do you call that? Delusion. When you call evil good and good evil, and you think that you're having fun. 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old, sitting with a matchbox car. Whee! Going like that. You are in delusion. When you call good evil and evil good, and you don't even realize what you're missing out, missing out on eternity, missing out on reality, because every day you're given a chance to accumulate treasures for yourself in heaven. And every day you're running out of time. Those who don't understand are like people who sit over there with that little matchbox car, sitting over there. They have their own tracks, and they just play, and they play, and they play. And then you have another one sitting with the Barbie doll, calling the Barbie doll, don't have kids. And you know, they don't have a life and they don't have a family because they think Barbie doll is their world. Fantasy, but it's a sickening fantasy. Something is off. And then you have a whole group of people who all have Barbie dolls and they sit over there. They don't know the real joy of having a real family and holding a real baby. This is how the people of the world miss out on everything that God has. And meanwhile, from there, they say, look and say, oh, wow, we have dolls over here and we have these bottles over here and we can just change diaper. Guess what? There's no smell. You know what? We are having fun. We just put the bottle over there and we just put the the doll in the crib and we just go to sleep and we can watch our TV. We don't need to raise a child. We don't have to hear the screaming. all Oh, you're having such a difficult time. You have to lose sleep and you have to feed the child. You have to change the diaper. And guess what? The Barbie doll has no life. The little baby doll that you have has no life. And to think that a person who's created in the image of God, who's supposed to multiply and supposed to embrace and supposed to hold and supposed to live a life of fruitfulness and multiplication with experience the fullness of God and see another image of themselves come out to do the will of God is all gone. And meanwhile, they're sitting with a brush and combing the little doll over there. Hey, go, 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 Nice and sing rockabye baby, and do all kinds of things to a doll dress up play dress up i mean if you're two years old and play dress up it's fine but if you are 40 years old and you have no interest in having a child your mind is all warped and you have a whole society that sits with these plastic dolls and looks at people who are having real children and their children are growing up contributing to the society And you look at them as saying that, oh, what a boring life, what a hard life. And you know what? They get up and they go to work and they have to take care of their kids and they have to make food for their kids and they don't have a life. Look at me. I have these plastic dolls. People in the Broadway are like that. They look at the wise people who are in the narrow way and they say, oh, what a hard life and you can't do this. You can do this. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do that. Oh, look at us. We have these toy cars and they go, Wee, 60 years old. They can't get a license. They can go from one place to another. They just sit where they are. Yet they don't know that they're missing out on the greatest thing that God has for them. What a pity. But God calls his people, he says. You see all those people over there? If something is wrong on the inside. Where their eyes are blind, that their senses are wrong. Everything is off. You can go and fix it through my power. And that's how many people come from darkness to light. All of a sudden they see that. Their perception changes. Their vision changes. They see that I'm missing out on this. I'm missing out on the reality of life. I'm missing out on driving a real car. I'm missing out on this. I'm missing out on holding a real child. I'm missing out on all these things. Let me throw this plastic doll. Let me throw this matchbox car. And let me come and get what I need to get. To really live. And once they begin to live, they see, oh, it's different. A real baby is very different. Yeah, you have work to do, but you know what? The joy that comes from that is very different from having a plastic doll or a rubber doll that you say that I have no responsibility. But the wise will know. Yeah, you have to work hard. But you know what? The joy that comes from that, from Doing what you should do. The accomplishment that comes from that. You can't compare that. But you know what? The people in the Broadway they have no idea of that. They have no idea of the pleasures that are there. That are at the right hand of the father. They have no idea. So what they'll do, they'll look at those who are in the narrow path. And they'll mock and they'll say, oh, you know what? You can't do this. You can't do that. And you have to do this. And you have to do that. And, oh, yes, you know what? If I have to raise a child, I can't do this, I can't do that, and I will have to do this. Yes, then I will raise a child healthy, and I will raise that child to be a productive citizen. And I will see another life become productive, and I will have joy from doing that. That's a whole different life. So when we live a life where we can't do this, and we can't do that, and we need to do that, that means we're doing for something that is of great value. Of a great purpose with a great call that has worth for this life, greater worth for the next life. God blessed Isaac. God blessed Abraham because they left what they had to leave. They had very nice fancy dolls and fancy cars, but twice. And God said, Leave the land of the Chaldeans. Leave your father's house. They said, I'm leaving. Because God said, I'm going to give you the real thing, the real deal. They left and they came. They got the real thing. Not only in this world, but in the world to come. They embraced that which God had for them because they were not able to see. That's what faith does. When our eyes are open, we're able to see it. Now I can see what God has so clearly. And after that, we let go. We are utter fools. Knowing, having tasted of the heavenly, yes, we let go. We are fools at that point. God is speaking to our hearts today. The Lord God who blessed and increased Isaac. A hundredfold. Times hundred. He's calling you today. He says, you want to walk in the fruitfulness of Isaac? Do you want to live a fruitful life like, like how Isaac did? Do you want to live a fruitful life like how Abraham did? Then do what they did. Make sure you do everything that God tells you to. Because when you follow that roadmap, it's going to take you to the treasure that's there. You're not doing this or not doing this because you're in this narrow path where, oh, you have to somehow live and somehow fight and somehow make it. And so you can just go have this heaven there, even though the heaven is far beyond what anyone can say. You know what? There's a lot more to that. In this life, God will bless us. And what we do in this life can can be converted to the next life, which is very important. So every day, you live recklessly. You are not only wasting your life away, you're wasting your eternity away. But every day, you live with a purpose. And you're not like those people who sit there with their little matchbox cars and with their Barbie dolls and say, hey, I'm having fun. No. Your eyes are open. Your senses have been made whole. You're now able to see clearly. You know that they're in a lie. They're in delusion. You have something real to hold. You have something real to have. And you have something great to accomplish and achieve and have that satisfaction, true satisfaction. Not a false fake laughter and fake thrill that they show from there, from that little plastic doll and the plastic car they have. But God wants to cause you to walk in the reality that Christ has for you by following the roadmap that he has for you, which is obedience and that obedience is faith. And that faith without works is dead. And when you obey God, just the way he tells you to not say like when he says, don't go down to Egypt and say, Lord, um, I think that it's not you telling me because uh, my dad did something different and he was blessed. And my life is just like him because I am his son. And and so I will do what he did. And so I'm not going to do what you told me to do. And what if I go there and you still bless me? Because that can be a plan B. That's the reason why the spirit of the Lord is saying this. It's going through someone's head right now. It will not be a blessing for you. Knowingly exiting the plan of God will not be a blessing for you. You will end up like Lot. This is a prophecy that God says. See what happened to Lot's generation? That'll happen to you. But those who do what Abraham did will end up like Abraham now and forever. God has a hundredfold multiplication for his people. It's directly linked to your 100% obedience to God. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says a wise son quickly obeys. Quickly obeys. Not just obeys quickly obeys there's this time that is so important for us to not lose when God calls to do something we must do it immediately that should be our priority God's work has to be our number one priority everything comes after that what God tells us to do should be our number one priority everything comes after that those do that are called people of faith. And those are the ones who will see a hundredfold multiplication in the works of their hands. They labor just like the rest of the people, but they labor with faith. And they are laboring in the work of the Lord. They're doing what God tells them to do. And so God gives them a hundredfold increase according to his promise that he has given. Hallelujah. If you want to inherit that which God has for you in the month of April. Every blessing that God has for you be in the land of the overflow, then you must be a person who obeys God 100%, 100% of the time. You obey him 100% and 100% of the time. Hallelujah. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. I pray that you will continue to bless your people. The word that you are given to them is Life. The words you've given to them is truth, is the truth. The word that you've given to them is their food. The word that you've given to them is their medicine. Thank you for what you've spoken on the first day of this month. Lord, your promises are exceedingly great. Lord, you've given to us that which we cannot even comprehend. And through your mighty hands, Lord, our hands in your hands. We can hold all the blessings safely. But In order to inherit those blessings, our hands must be in your hands. And we need to do that which you tell us to do by your strength and your power working within us, inside of us. And so I pronounce your blessing upon your people at this hour. Let the reality of this truth hit them like never before. Let the understanding of eternity and the reality of living a life of godliness with contentment hit them like never before in this month of April in the name of Jesus. That they can be blessed in all that they do. Be blessed like Isaac a hundredfold by their obedience to you. 100% 100% of the time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Let no one rely on their own understanding. But may they rely on in the understanding and the counsel and the wisdom of the living God. Let no one give room to Lucifer. But may they live a life that is of honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And inherit every blessing that you have for them and every promise that you have spoken over their lives. Father, I pray. May they walk in it by fulfilling that which they need to fulfill, Lord. May they stay on that narrow road. May they be on that road to life. Hallelujah. May they be on that road. There's such an important road for them to reach The land of treasures, hallelujah. Where moth or rust is not corrupt. Anything that is there, hallelujah. So I pronounce a blessing upon your people. This night, in this month of April, their faith may become stronger than before. Lord, that their strength in you it truly become greater in the name of Jesus. That every weakness be dissolved in every form of stuff. Be utterly abhorred by them in Jesus' name. That you may truly live a life that's worth living. And inherit the hundredfold blessings you have for them, Father, in this world and in the world to come. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit, rest and remain with us all now now. And until we see Jesus face to face, amen.